Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. If you've ever tried to add a product to your Shopify store with more than 100 total combinations of variants, you know what happens. You can't. Fortunately, Bold has a solution. The number one options app on Shopify is Bold Apps product options. It lets you create unlimited and sophisticated options and then save them to a library and assign them to one or 10,000 products with just one click. It even lets you bulk update those options just as easily. So, for example, you could add file uploads, text fields, text areas, date pickers, multi-selects, radio buttons, checkboxes, multi-checkboxes, and more. You can even set options to be required or not, add tooltips, basically everything that the customer needs to have a great user experience. It even has conditional logic, so you can show or hide options based off selections. If you want to try product options for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. The unofficial Shopify podcast also gets support from our friends at Rewind. You probably back up your important computer files, right? But what about your Shopify store? Not many people realize that Shopify doesn't have a way for store owners to recover deleted items. When something's deleted in Shopify, it's gone forever. But not when you have Rewind. Rewind lets you recover deleted items from Shopify. If you've used Time Machine for the Mac, it's like that, but for Shopify. Rewind backs up all sorts of stuff. Your products and product images, theme and theme assets, customers, orders, collections, pages, blogs, articles, comments, and more. And then if something happens to them, say an employee makes a mistake, or an app that you've installed has a bug, Rewind can help you rewind back to the way things were. They have a five-star rating in the Shopify App Store, and are backing up an insane 100 million items for thousands of Shopify stores right now. Here's the best part. It starts at just five bucks a month. You can get a free 14-day trial of Rewind by going to ecommerce-bootcamp.com slash rewind. Today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we're talking about making more money with lifecycle email marketing. And really, we're, we're going to be talking about Klaviyo. It's no secret, my favorite email platform for just its, its vast um, flexibility and really tight, great integration with Shopify is Klaviyo. Just absolutely love it. I adore it. Um, that's our, our go-to, and we work with that a lot. So I'm lucky today to have uh, Chad Vaneggs from Klaviyo joining us. And he's the current head of agency training at Klaviyo. He teaches agencies newish, newer email marketing who maybe don't know everything that goes on within within Klaviyo that you could do on how to create profitable email marketing packages and funnels and <coughs> um, how to successfully implement them for client success. You know, when we uh, go find someone who doesn't use email marketing and then we add, or maybe they have something, you know, real simple or basic set up and then we add Klaviyo to it. Oftentimes, their automated workflows, it's not uncommon to see a 15% revenue bump just from the automated stuff, which is really phenomenal. Um, but he's got the, the real-world experience. He was a co-founder of the e-commerce influence agency. He worked with brands like Movement Watches. I got one of those. Tipsy Elves, really cool. They got ugly sweaters. Check it out. Stance socks, which I happen to be wearing right now. They're my favorite socks. 
Blender's Eyewear, haven't heard of that one, and several others. And he was the producer and co-host of his own podcast, which means you're, you're in for a treat. Uh, also, apparently a surfer in L.A. Anyway, Chad, thank you for joining us. Yeah, man, no problem. Good to be here. So tell me, uh, what's, what is Clavio? Well, Clavio is an email automation marketing system. So essentially what we want to do is be able to hook into uh, your Shopify shopping cart and pull all the customer data in and then set up automated email flows based on behaviors and based on, um, I guess, uh, decisions that people have made to purchase product on your store. So traditionally, you know, with something like um, with MailChimp, you know, years ago it was you build your list and then you just email everybody in the list. You know, whenever, once a week, you try to come up with something, hopefully a sale, and you email them. What's different about this? Well, I mean, at this point, you know, when you, you know, and I think of MailChimp, I haven't been in MailChimp in like five, six years at this point, but MailChimp to me is a very broad, let's just, um, let's just blast everybody with what we have, right? I mean, Which there's very little segment. Better than that. nothing. Yes. Absolutely. I don't want to discredit that because it is better than nothing. And I see a lot of people with nothing. So if you're choosing between nothing and MailChimp, choose <laughs> MailChimp. <laughs> but anyway, that the whole idea is this is like, yes, um, you know, there's just not much segmentation. There's not much automation. I mean, yes, you can do drip sequences, but you can't do that based on behavior. And I think that's, that's a big part of, of where we're at here. It's a lot of behavior based customer-focused type of um, automation with email. So give me an example of a, a situation where we would use a behavior-based email. Uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of them, but I, I think of, when I think about uh, e-commerce businesses that I look at within Clavio and our own clients, I actually, I really like to home in on the fundamentals, you know, because a lot of times people miss the fundamentals. And I'll just start with the three basics that I tell, actually, there's a fourth. There's three, there's three automated sequences, but there is a fourth component that requires things to work well. So that's welcome series, that's the abandoned carts, and those are winbacks. If you're not doing these three fundamental uh, email flows within Clavio or your other email marketing platform, if it can do that, then um, you're missing the boat. And then the fourth, of course, is really not an email automation flow, but more or less it's a lead capture strategy that allows you to use that automation um, for a you know, more specifically, the, the welcome series. What's the one automated workflow, the one behavior-based thing, um, flow that typically you see the highest ROI? You know, that's tough. Um, when I, what I've been, what I've been, when I, when I look at a, a brand or a business, right, um, a lot of times abandoned carts can be the number one thing. Now, if you have enough traffic going to your site, that means there's a lot of people abandoning them their carts, et cetera. So a lot of times, like when we were, when we worked with clients that were doing over a hundred thousand unique users per month, it was a really easy win for us because we put in an abandoned cart series and we were able to really just get the money that was already stuck in the cart. If you're much smaller, I, I it's a little harder to see some of that automated money, at least those huge wins coming in. So I always like to talk to people and say, Hey, look, get that welcome series set up because you're still pretty new and you need to get those first customers in the door for sure. So sometimes it's like, it's, it really depends to me which ones, uh, which one we would start with. I typically see the two that you're, and I, uh, to your point, the two that we see that make the most money will either be, um, it could be both, but it either the abandoned cart sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I'd love to know your thoughts on, 
what best practice for abandoned card sequences are. Uh, and then the other is uh, those follow-up sequences where you try and do uh, an upsell or a cross-sell. And even if it's something as simple as that dynamic product recommendation uh, widget that's built into Clavio, that works surprisingly mm-hmm. well. Um, kind of kind of magical. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it goes into the magic black box and spits out cash a lot of times. So what's... Uh, Actually, so on the topic, the dynamic product thing, there's not a lot of info about how it's making these associations or how it makes the product recommendations. Is it based on historical products that are uh, purchased together? Is it based on uh, stuff that people have viewed but didn't buy? How, what, where are these coming from? Uh, that, well, one, let me just throw a disclaimer out there. I don't go into the technical details. I just know that when I put it in, it works. But technically, from what I That's, understand... Yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> Okay. From what I understand, what it's doing, what it's able to do, it's able to take a look at, let's just say, uh, customer A here, and it's able to pull in customer A's data and then be able to take that data and match it up with people that look similar to customer A, right? So it then matches up with the other customers and says, hey, based on all these other customers out here, customer A looks more like customers, you know, XYZ. So send stuff similar to XYZ. Or it'll say, okay, customer A actually looks like, you know, I don't know, BCD, send things similar to that. So it's going to be pulling data from all these customers and then being able to recommend based on what they match up best with. That is my understanding. But you would have to talk to the engineers about that one. I'm not about to – that sounds good to me. Based on the behavior (laughs) I've seen, I think that is the case. Um, But you're right. It just works. I was skeptical. We tried it. Um, where, you know, previously I was doing, if product, you know, if person bought X, then they get this cross-sell email. If they bought Y, they get Z cross-sell email. And then I mm-hmm. said, you know, maybe we'll just, do, like, what happens if I just do some dynamic stuff? So just start putting that widget into to various emails. And it always worked. It was unreal. So I've, I've just switched to that unless there's, like, a very obvious, powerful cross-sell, upsell sequence we can do. So, uh... Going back, I had said, you know, I wanted to know what your thoughts on on abandoned card emails. Um, number one, how what's the right number of abandoned card emails? What's the right timing on them? And I know the answer is probably it depends. But is there like some general best practices there? Yeah. So um, there's there's a couple of things. There's a there's a lady named Amy Africa. She used to run e-commerce or was an advisor in e-commerce for like ninety eight percent of the, the Fortune five hundred, right? I did a podcast with her a long time ago. She was calling from her private jet on the way out. And I was like, okay, this is a lady to listen to. Okay. And so when it came, we asked her like, hey, what do you think about abandoned cards? She said, well, you just got to have the mentality of buy till they die. Right. So it was a little, little brutal, but that was like her words specifically. Make sure they, you know, buy until they die. So essentially what you want to do with those abandoned cards is you want to just keep going as long as you can. But we all know that's just not going to happen. So when I talk to people, it depends on where you're at. And I did use the word, it depends. It depends on where you're at. But if you're just getting started, just please, for, for the love of God, just do three emails at minimum. Okay. okay. I look at it this way. If you are willing to give a discount or you're willing to give an offer, then that is something to, um, to provide. Meaning you're willing to give an offer to somebody in order for them to, to finish their cart. So a lot of times what I do with with our clients or with people that we talk to is email number one, I typically have sent out within two hours of abandoning. Right. Oh, okay. I think that, I think what, what do you typically do? 
Exactly. Uh, I do it the same day, um, usually like four, five, six hours, but two hours. Okay, more aggressive, but I, yeah, I like it. Def- I think I'm more aggressive in that sense. You always got to make sure smart sending is, sent- is turned off if you're in Klaviyo. Um, and that first one is actually usually just a simple customer service email, a plain text customer service email. One thing I tell my agencies is like, look, depends on the brand, right? If it's a very lifestyle image-based brand, then you maybe you want to go that route. But we've tested a lot of plain text customer service emails that said, hey, this is so-and-so from customer service over at, you know, X brand. We noticed you couldn't finish your cart. Uh, let us know if you have questions. Here's our phone number. So we always did that first because, you know, we don't want to give away too much in that first email. Right. And it if could, they you don't, don't know why ahead. they didn't buy, too. Like, people make the That's assumption, true. oh, they flaked out. No, maybe they got a phone call. Maybe the doorbell rang. Maybe they uh, wanted to go check Facebook and they forgot. So they just yeah. need a simple reminder. Or you're right. They could have very well, they'd be like, well, I'm not, you know, maybe they're buying a bike part. They're like, I don't know if this will fit my bike. And then you're very proactive and saying, hey, you send them the plain text email automatic like lowers the radar lowers their defenses and that okay no this isn't a marketing email and just says hey we saw you didn't check out what you know was there a problem hit reply to this email or here's our toll-free number we're happy to help something like that yeah yeah that's exactly it that's exactly it makes a good point there with the uh the the idea who knows maybe they just did go somewhere else until they forget i mean they say that uh, we have an eight second attention span on the internet these days so i know i do (laughs) I think mine's like three or four seconds. But um, uh, so the second email, we would send the second email out uh, about 24 hours later. You can make that range however you want to be. I was, we were a little more aggressive 24 to 48 hours later. But the second email, we we're like, all right, look, the customer service one didn't work that much or it didn't work that well. Let's now send an offer. So in this case, you can send an offer, say, hey, go ahead and 10% finish your, finish your card, 10% off, et cetera, or free shipping, whatever it may be. Um, so we would send that out 24 hours later. Now, the key here is what, what people forget oftentimes is that your headline, or in this case, your subject line, right? That's where, that's where 90 cents, or I'm sorry, that's where 90% of your money is spent, okay? Um, so what I see people like, look, I'm willing to give 10%, but in the subject line, they're just like, hey, you forgot something. Well, tell them in the subject line you're willing to give this, this offer. Yeah, um, so that offer... The more clever I become with the subject lines, the poorer they perform. Like you want to be really direct and not like people are, oh, no, I can't bury the lead. No, you're stop playing coy. Just make it simple. Yeah. I have 100 emails. Yours needs to stand out. Exactly. That's exactly it. And on top of that, when you do get into that second email and the, the body copy, you are willing to give something, an offer. You have to have a sense of urgency, so make sure you put a deadline. So many people say, oh, 10% off, and then they leave it. Well, we all know we're human beings. When you put a sense of urgency on it, we tend to get things done. So that second email needs to have the offer plus a deadline. That's the key. Um, And then the third email uh, would go out, you know, another 24 to 48 hours. Again, it depends on on what you want to do, but we were pretty aggressive. Um, And... Uh, that that last email was the actual deadline email. It's like, okay, you are coming up to the end of the deadline here on this offer. You better use it now or forever hold your peace. So that was kind of... uh, I love that strategy. Yeah, that absolutely works. And you're right. Typically what I see is like the first email will perform the best because most people just forgot and they like that customer service. So you don't need to give Mm -hmm. them a discount. Just say, hey, you were almost buying this. What happened? And then the, the second... Uh, yeah, they come through, and maybe some people use it. But the third, where you go, all right, that offer is about to go away. That tends to be the one that performs second best. It's yep. Typically, what I've seen. Um, yeah, that's that's about same with you know same with stuff we've done as well. 
So let's get a little little technical. Um, if you've got Shopify Plus and Clavio, uh, you can have it generate unique individual coupon codes for people, right? That's correct. Right. So, but if you don't, you just have to have what looks like a a unique coupon code, but is actually just your abandoned cart coupon code, correct? That is also correct. Yes, I know. I will say this, but do not do not quote me on timeline. I know that this we are working on um, um, adding more dynamic coupon code features eventually. I just don't know when that will happen. Right, and it's that a would matter, be nice. Like not to get too deep in the weeds, but I know it's a matter of like negotiating, really negotiating the API access with Shopify. Yeah, I believe that's that's the case, but I will stay far away from this <laughs> the technical stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I've had people like kind of freak out. They're like, "Oh, but if we're sending this coupon code to everybody, it doesn't actually expire. They get no one cares." You know, yep. it, it maybe and people say, "Well, we're going to have coupon code abuse." No, you're going to have more customers. Um, yep. And even if that is your fear, then just you know, set a calendar note and change the coupon code once a month. It'll take five minutes. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, like. Most people actually pay attention to the words that are written. If you literally say this coupon code is ending today, people will believe that. <laughs> and yeah, only and, a handful will actually they, go back and try it then months later. Yeah, and how would they know otherwise? You know, they'd have to be like, all right, I'm going to wait for it to expire, then try it. Well, no one wants to risk that if they're actually going to use it, if they were a real customer. Totally. It's simple psychology, I think, at the end of the day there. so Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, what was the... Oh, let's talk about uh, my the other favorite, the other big money maker is these these follow up sequences where you try to do cross sales or upsells. Do you have any any best practices there or ideas, or even just want to describe the idea? Well, um, it depends. You know, I'll be honest. Like when I ran my agency, we didn't do too many cross sales and upsells after a purchase. Right? We we did a lot of follow up um, in the sense of hey, want to make sure your order's there, and then we would add that recommendation engine in. Right, pretty simple stuff. I mean, you can let the system work for itself, but the key is just making sure that when you do follow up with somebody, you have that reason to follow up. And there's no better time to have a reason to follow up than after they've made a purchase. So you can you can set it up where you have an email that goes out checking in on their order or whatever it may be a few days after they should have received it, and then provide that that cross sell or that upsell opportunity. Does yeah, that, does that... that combo works for sure. I mean. That's actually where we got into those dynamic um, product recommendation widgets is just by saying, you know, first, hey, you're a new customer. Thank you. Just want to read. And you could send a personal email from your own email and it'll look. And if they reply, it just shows up to you. It's very nice. Um, it's a great opportunity to do something plainer um, to make yep. it more genuine and authentic. You know, say, hey, yep. you're a first time customer. Really appreciate that. If you have any questions at all, I'd love to hear from you and, you know, get more info out of it. Say, how'd you hear about us? What would you like to see more? Um, and as a token of my appreciation, here's a 5% off coupon and here's some, or a $5 off coupon and here's some, um, some products you may be interested in. And then you use that recommendation engine that works so incredibly well. It does. I think you made a really good point that uh, I want to, I want to hit on real quick is like the authenticity behind that, right? Like that's, that actually makes a difference. You know, you don't want to be thrown. If you're a true brand, if you're building a true brand, Having that authenticity behind it to genuinely care about, you know, what your customers are experiencing with your product, and that's really going to go a long way in the actual cross-sell and upsell opportunities, I think. 
Yeah, I really encourage people to to use writing, use their own language, be themselves. Yep. I mean, when I switched from like business prose to saying, "Hey, Kurt here, here's what we're doing." You know, I'm just was myself. It made life incredibly easy because it's authentic. People respond to it. And then when we do get on the phone with someone, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm talking to a different guy. This is the guy I was talking to the whole time. Um, so having that authentic voice is great. And you can have fun with it, too. Great example of that. Clavio um, customer uh, and Shopify customer, violentlittle.com. They sell morale patches for, for military. Lots of fun stuff. Definitely off color. But they've got such an amazing brand voice. Um, that uh, Jan Root over there writes. It's really cool stuff. It's a good example of that. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Check that out. <laughs> bit of a rabbit hole there. Okay, so moving <laughs> forward, are there any specific tactics or trends you're seeing, you know, stuff that will really help improve targeting for e-commerce stores? Yeah, so there's one I've been testing out with a few uh, uh, businesses here in L.A. Um, it's, I know I, I want to be more specific. I, I wanted to stick with the email side and not be so general or so specific to Clavio here, but... There is the ability to integrate Facebook. And what we've noticed is that when you're able to segment extremely well within in Klaviyo, you can then sync those segments to Facebook audiences. So if you're a if you're a, you a relatively Facebook, new feature, right? Exactly. Exactly. So what I did a couple months back is I was like, all right, this is a really cool feature. I need to play around with this and I need to understand how it works. So I found a few e-commerce businesses here in LA that would be willing to test it out. So we got about 20 together and we, we did a little training on it. And we created some, some very specific segments in Clavio and then synced these segments to Facebook ads and created ads to complement. Um, and we've got, uh, I had one guy get back to me that said he, he lowered his cost per acquisition from $20 to $4 in a very, a very, very, um, uh, competitive market. I had another guy email me and said he's getting a 1500% return on ad spend from some of these, these integrations because of the specificity behind that targeting. If you want, I can give you one example. Sure, please do. All right. So if you have, um, uh, if you have a welcome series in place, right, where someone you, you capture an email on your website, they get into your welcome series and you're trying to convince them to make that first purchase, right? What you can do is then you can say, okay, I, Chad, just put in my email to, to, uh, whatever, some, some brand. I put in my email. I get my, the first email in the welcome series says, Hey, welcome to such and such brand. Go buy something on our site. That's essentially what it's saying. Two days later, like I still haven't purchased email two is about to go out, but what Clavio recognized was like, okay, Chad got into the welcome series, but it's been two days since he's been in this welcome series and he hasn't purchased yet. What we're going to do is we're going to move him into a separate segment and then sync him to Facebook ads. And on Facebook ads, what we did is we created an ad that said, it sounds kind of creepy, but it basically said in my newsfeed, knock, knock, you haven't used your coupon code yet from signing up at this brand. Be sure to go use it. Here's the code again. And what we noticed is that when we were able to kind of creepily get into people's Facebook feed because of that sequencing or that segmenting, then we were able to, to capture more of those, those, uh, those buyers who might not have purchased from the emails alone. Because not everybody will open those emails, yet a lot of people will be on Facebook. Does that make sense? That's, oh, yeah, and it's incredibly clever. Just off the top of my head, I'm thinking of one um, that would be cool. You could take uh, cart abandoners for yep. – you could do cart abandoners or just people who are on your list but haven't purchased um, that, say, were added in the last two weeks. 
and then yep. run a one day ad on Facebook with, you know, today's Friday flash sale ad. And I, yep. that would be a very clever way to do it. Um, I got that tip from Andy Bedell at KeySmart, who is a, a Clavio customer and a Shopify plus customer. Um, and he, they do these flash Friday sale ads that are really clever, work really well, but you have to do it manually here. You could at least get the, the custom audience portion of it yep. done automatically, which is very cool. Absolutely. I think it's one of the most power. I actually think it is the most powerful feature in, in Clavio sometimes. And we're really starting to push that because uh, we've seen, I've seen too much success on me just testing with other brands I've been working with. So that's phenomenal. So, um, any anything else? Any other other than that? Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's other ones we've tested, like uh, VIP customers. The best thing about Facebook audiences is that okay. you can create the lookalike audience. Right. right? Is that what you want? Yeah. So it's like we take our best customers and we sync that to to Facebook and create a lookalike audience, so that we can find more customers just like our best customers, and that tends to work really well too. So say yeah, say you've got you know people on your newsletter that haven't spent a dollar. Okay, they're prospects. You may not yep. necessarily want to generate a lookalike audience, which is where you, you give Facebook right. a list of emails, and then Facebook uses all the beha- customer behavior data, like loyalty cards and credit card data that they buy, to generate right. to say, "Hey, here's a million people who look like your audience." But if we've got a broader pool, you know, say we've got several thousand customers, why not do that and target only the people who made multiple purchases or made per- like had average order values that were, you know, in the the upper percentiles of your stuff. Um, so then you can generate, yeah, you can target not just your customer or people who look like your customers, but people who look like your very best buyers, which I think is just exactly. such, such a huge opportunity and really is no more work, no different than what you would already be doing. Yep. Super targeted. I have not seen something that's targeted in a long time. All right. So what, uh, all right, we got two trends there. Any, any others, anything else? And it's okay if you don't. Uh, well, actually, there's another trend that we yep, okay. we started with the emojis. Uh, I, I guess are we talking about trends within the Facebook ads integration or in general for for email marketing? No, for email marketing. Yeah. So one thing we've really been testing is uh, emojis. The use of emojis. You talked about earlier being able to stand out in the inbox. You get hundreds of emails per day. Um, the use of emojis have been working very well for for open rates um, for for our email. So the the emoji side of things to kind of give yourself a little bit of a differentiating factor could be extremely useful during the holiday season at this time. So, so I like, uh, I love the idea. I've used it. I've seen it. Um, like in Halloween, we put like a ghost in subject lines and stuff. Um, and it, it works, but what are the thing I don't know, you know, what's the, what's the cross device cross browser compatibility with this? Do you know? Oh, I actually, I actually do not know. That is a question that I'll have to, I'll have to find out. I mean, have, what have you noticed? Have you tested it? Uh, have you tested this? And well, the reason I, I was, I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I find and like find and copy and paste these emojis easily? And you know, I'm on a Mac, so I could just load up iMessage and copy paste it. But I found a website, um, and I don't know it off the top of my head, unfortunately. But it's a library of emojis. You type in like ghost, it gives you your ghost emoji, and then it'll show you how it looks on iOS mm. versus Android. Which mm-hmm. is very cool because some of the or because um, they often will have like uh, fairly different meaning, and then it'll give you like a it'll tell you if it's well supported or not, which I think is cool. So you know, I mean, it's worth it. At the worst case, that you just get like a little uh, blank character where it should have been. Um, yeah. But no, that it's cool. It works. Yeah, I, I know that uh, on the uh, on the knowledge base on Clavio, it actually has you know what you should see. Um, 
in a few of those. I, I don't know how many it actually covers, but it definitely will show you a few cross device, you know, what it's going to look like. Cool. Uh, I can send you that link. I can send you that link once I find it. Okay. Yeah, no, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, so, I mean, this has all been hugely valuable information together, uh, or hugely valuable information you're sharing uh, with us. Are this there... Any other tips, any other uh, successful email store should be sending? I know we've got um, a little bit of time before the holidays, do some last-minute email marketing, and then New Year's rolls around. Any thoughts on that? I mean, what what do you want people to go do right now? Okay, this is going to sound this is gonna sound not as, like, mind-blowing as I know some of these people want to hear, but one thing that I've noticed quite a bit when since I moved over to Clavio is that people lack fundamentals. Like, Really what I want you to do for this holiday season is focus on your fundamentals. Focus on making sure that your abandoned carts are set up and operating correctly because you're getting more people to that website than you probably will get in the next, you know, whatever, over the next year um, or, or, you know, per month, on a per month basis. But and they're more qualified what ha- than ever. Yes, exactly. So it's like focus on m- making sure those fundamental campaigns that we've talked about, your, your welcome series, your abandoned carts, your win backs, even those cross-sells and upsells, go through those things and make sure that they are as, as, as perfect as possible, okay, and optimized as possible because the fundamentals are the key. And uh, I, I truly believe that. I know you wanted to hear, like, some, some amazing, like, holiday idea, but that really is what it comes down yeah, to. That's I'll good advice. It, it tells you to, you, you know, you know, you got to focus on your, your priorities, you should prioritize, hey, let's get a, this, this, these base emails that are going to be generating thousands all year just yep. dialed in and perfect. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, well, let's put it this way. For a client that we set up a long time ago, um, we spent the entire month of November setting up fundamentals. We did not plan much for the holiday season. Set up the fundamentals, and we made them an extra hundred grand in December because of them. Everyone could use an extra hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. So, and then the last question: uh, How do I get started with Clavio? What does it cost? What kind of, uh, you know, can I do it myself? Do I need to hire somebody? What are, what's going on with it? Uh, in order to get started with Clavio, it's actually pretty simple. You can you can go sign up for a free account, right? And that free account is going to allow you to to play around with the back end. It's going to allow you to integrate with your Shopify store, pull in some data. You can have it's a free account up to five hundred emails, and then you know incrementally goes up from there starting at $25 for that, you know, 500 to a certain range. I can get you the pricing page on that too. But essentially, you know, going and signing up is going to be the quickest route. If you do sign up and you have a Shopify store, the great thing about it, it's going to auto-populate some of these fundamental segments or these fundamental series that we've talked about. So it's easy to get started with the welcome series, your win back, and your um, – and your uh, your abandoned carts, and there's even browse abandonment. One thing we didn't talk about was the browse abandonment. So those will fundamentally already be set up for you, and all you have to go in there and, and add your branding, and you're pretty much off and running at that point. And where next step? Where could people go right now to learn more about this? Clavio.com, uh, and you can go sign up. There's a sign up button in the top right hand corner at Clavio.com. That's spelled K L A V I Y O dot com. Awesome. And I will, of course, include that link in the show notes. And full disclosure, I'm going to make it an affiliate link. So if you're going to sign up anyway and check it out, go ahead, use that affiliate link. It will help help pay for the, the labor of love that is the Shopify podcast. Unofficial Shopify podcast, sorry. Um, Chad, thank you. This has been been phenomenal. Any closing thoughts before I, I wrap it up? 
No, I, uh, I appreciate you having me on the show and uh, good luck this uh, holiday season. You, oh yeah, <laughs> we're all fingers crossed uh, for for our stores and for what's under the Christmas tree. You got got any exciting holiday plans? Uh, yeah, actually, you you said I I live in LA, so I surf on Christmas Day. That and that is like one of the coolest things ever, surfing on Christmas Day. So is it, that's are my there holiday a lot of people plan. Out there, or is it? Yes, really, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's 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 a decent mix. There's definitely people out, but it is it's usually beautiful. The water's amazing. The sun's always out, and uh, I used to live in Chicago, um, and I couldn't handle the winters anymore, so <laughs> I, I like this change. <laughs> yeah, every year I'm like, uh, I don't know about the winter. We already had our first <laughs> yeah. snowfall, but it's not it's not too bad. It's been yeah, it's been mild, but yeah. And I yeah. don't own a snowblower, so I'm out there with a the shovel. I'm like, I, I don't yeah. envy you. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should you. Um, yeah. To our listeners, however this audio made it in your ears, you can find out more about it on officialshopfightpodcast.com. If you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, you can sign up for my newsletter at kurtelster.com, and I'll shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. If you're feeling exceptionally generous, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. Helps other people discover it. Um, and, uh, yet again, in case you missed it, we released a new app, our first app. Very proud of it. It's a crowdfunding app. So if you're doing pre-orders, pre-sales, and you have an existing store, it's a really easy way uh, to make sure you get the most out of those pre-orders. Uh, check it out in the App Store. It's Crowdfunder. Just search Crowdfunder. It'll pop up. Anyway, thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle, LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.